handle the truth. Now that we have sound, welcome back to another Saturday Night Cell Block. I apologize for the delay. Very rare does this happen, but technical difficulties. You know, I have no production crew, it's just me. So again, I apologize, but we're here and we're live and we have a great discussion tonight. But before we get into that, let me give out my blessings, many blessings to those who are out there suffering, who are struggling to survive. Um, every day is a struggle. And we're, um, we're, this, is, this is what this show is about. This is what this, this discussion is going to be about. So I pray that those are, who are inflicted in poverty, who have been inflicted by war, who have been inflicted all over the world, tonight this show is, is dedicated to you guys to... Um, to hopefully bring awareness to why we do what we do and why what's going on in the world is going on. So without further ado, I have a guest tonight, Mr. Andrew Laggett, who um, is, is a very special human being, come to find out. And we're going to learn more about him tonight and his specialness and what he's got going on. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest and get tonight's show started. Mr. Andy, how you doing tonight, man? Doing well, sir. How are you? Man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be here with you, have this discussion, and uh, great, great, great topic tonight. Likewise. Thankful to be here. So we have a mutual friend um, in this, and, and let me give a shout out to Miss Cynthia Goldberg over at the F8 Foundation and everything that she's doing. I've mentioned her, talked to her a lot. In the beginning there, I had her, her website up, so you can visit her website at the f8foundation.org, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about her tonight as well. But um, So our mutual friend is Cynthia. Cynthia reached out to me and said, man, I got somebody that you need to talk to who's about to do something very extraordinary. What is it that you're getting ready to do, partner? Uh, we're doing a Guinness World Record attempt um, on the American Discovery Trail. So it's 4,834 miles from Delaware to California. Um, and we're going to try and do it in under 100 days. Now, this is now upon my research, you have two routes. You have a northern and a southern route. I think the northern route is like 47 and some change. And then the southern is five or do I have it backwards? It's um, the northern is. 4,834, and then the southern is 5,075, I think. Um, but yeah, pretty comparable and both pretty up there in mileage. That's a lot of friggin' miles, partner. And you're going to yeah. run this, right? Not walk it, but run. Going to try to. There'll definitely be some walking at times. Um, so the plan is to do 50 miles a day. Um, and depending on like heat and conditions, um, right now I'm going to get on the road for six. I'll do a half marathon, six to eight, and then do a 20 mile portion of it. Um, and then the remaining miles kind of like 3 PM to 8 PM, depending on the heat. Amen. Bless you, brother. So 50 miles and, and this is all through all the terrain of America. Like you're going to be starting out where you're starting out there in Boston. Yeah. No, in Delaware, actually on Cape Henlopen. Um, so it's going to be road for probably the first like three to 500 miles. Um, and then it gets into the Sierras. Um, and then kind of at other points, I go through places 
like the Rocky Mountains, where I think I'm at um, 13,000 feet of elevation for, I want to say, 280 miles in that window. Um, then I come out of that into the Moab Desert for six or 700 miles, where that's going to be a, another test as well. So those two are kind of the biggest um, in regards to variables with terrain and what could happen with that. And that's amazing. That's amazing. That really is. So I'll be able to check in with can can we set up something where I can check in with you each week, like on your on, on where you're going and, and, and your update and all this stuff? Absolutely. And I'll, uh, I'll send you over the our Instagram handle. Um, and I think we're going to do some stuff on YouTube as well and Facebook as well. So I'll send you that stuff when we get done here later on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll make sure to share all that out. So my question is why? um that's a good question um and kind of one that i'm i'm still figuring out myself but um running's been something um for me kind of kind of like that friend that you don't talk to for a couple years but when something happens in your life or you're in need of a friend and you reach back out it's kind of like they were always there for you and you pick up where you left off um and running's just always been that kind of silent companion for me um and over the last two years, I just, I started running. Um, first, it was a mile a day was my goal, and to just do it every day, to just have something that I was required to do every day. Um, and it kind of just snowballed from there. And throughout that, I just, I find the most peace in my days are when I'm out in the woods or the mountains running. Um, and then it was just a scenario where this came up. I, I had a slower time in work, um, and I been wanting to do this for the last year or so so it's just not getting any younger and uh i feel like i'm I'm ready to go here that's awesome man so what 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 was it that was there something that was pushing you into the running like any kind of uh i don't know stress that you were having or um internal battle that you were looking for that that made you fall back into that piece yeah um like i'm sure a, l a lot of young men um i was i'm 29 now and um 25 26 were they were tough years for me not in the sense that i i had anything traumatic happen but lack of purpose and um just overindulgence in work i, I was working 20 hours 16 hour days um coming out of my past career which i raced uh motocross and supercross for a living prior to that and with that, I was always healthy and, and focused on fitness and health throughout it. Um, and then I went through a time period where I was doing the wrong things. Um, and I was just kind of numbing myself to life and that transition of it. Um, so there came a period of time where I had to make those personal life changes and clean my act up. And uh, it was probably the most brutal and beautiful time um, period in my life. Um, mm. And with that is when I found running, I there was a night where I had anxiety that I've never really had before. Um, and I couldn't sleep. Um, and I just started running. Um, and I ended up as crazy as that sounds, I ended up just kind of running intermittently throughout the night at that point. Um, but I made it through the night. Um, so it's something from that point on when my anxiety or stress from life became overwhelming, normally through work and other personal relationships, but, instead of reacting or choosing to kind of have that energy come out in an unhealthy outlet, I, I just started putting running shoes on and running. Um, 
I just ran until that feeling went away. And then I try and pick back up wherever I was in the day at that point. You know, there's a lot of people in prison that have that same story that you have. There's a lot of people in prison that 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 find their release through running. I used to have a celly man. He would get up and, and this guy, nobody on the compound could match him per mile. There was other people that could sprint faster than him. But per mile, this guy was like a gazelle, you know, and he would just sit out there and just run for three hours every Sunday morning at a, at a pace. I, I can't even remember this. I've been home seven years, but I, I'm still in contact with, with Jerry. But um, that was it for him. Like, <clears throat> if he didn't run, he he became agitated. He became aggressive. He became uh, depressed. You know, he had to get out there and run. It was it was it was his OCD in, in a fashion. And I I could never run, but I was envious because of the release that he would have from that. I even attempted to try to go out there and run. I would start at a small pace and, and then I would try, like you say, I would just focus on trying to get to a mile, you know? And I think I hit a mile where, where one time I was out there, it took me, I think about, I don't know, nine minutes or 10 minutes or something like that, you know, but um, it was just too brutal on my knees. I've always had kind of bad knees, you know. I, I used to ride dirt bikes and stuff as a as a kid as well, so a lot of a lot of crashes. But um Supercross, man, that's that's amazing. I was blessed, man. I I was fortunate to everyone's childhood's different. Um and I was fortunate to find sitting in my bedroom um at seven years old looking out the window, I, I would watch the kid ride a dirt bike in his yard. Um we lived in a triple decker at the time um, and I just watched him ride and I was just, I don't know what it was, but from that point on, it just flipped the switch. Um, parents were not on board with it. So I started cutting grass, lemonade stands, anything I could to make money. And then uh, I saved up for a dirt bike when I was 13 and had my first race um, later on in that year, which did not go. Um, but just knew that that's what I wanted to do after that. So I was able to graduate high school, um, leave actually a couple weeks early, and then uh, go down to South Carolina at a training facility called Club MX. Um, I lived there and raced professional for seven years, um, turned pro at 18. Um, and man, I, I was just so fortunate to have the opportunity to be able to do that and the people that I met throughout the way. That's awesome, man. You know, it, for me, I, I remember my pops got me for my birthday uh, a KX125. Yep. KX125. And, and there was a kid down the road from me that had a KX80. <clears throat> and man, him and I used to, he showed me where all these, we used to ride for all day, just going through trails, you know, and it's, it's um, as a kid, man, that's a sense of freedom. You know what I mean? It's a sense of freedom. It's, 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 uh, those were those were good times, but I want to get into a little bit because you had mentioned earlier that you started to get into some rough patches, mm -hmm. right? What kind of rough patches were those? Um, it was the accumulation of uh, me not being able to deal with life. Um, from a young kid, I childhood is tough um, at times, and depending on where you come from and 
the people that you're surrounded by, there's certain scenarios that can compound. Um, and that happened for me. Um, and with that, I started self-medicating, um, whether it was smoking pot, drinking too much. Um, and eventually it, with motocross and supercross, you have injuries, um, been paralyzed. Um, I've been resuscitated. I have rods in both legs, um, <laughs> ankle. Um, I could go on for a while with that, but, um, anyways, pain pills had a period of time um, I struggled with and it was just something that when I got out of that career and then went into construction um, I was unable to see where when you're on a motorcycle track and you have everyone looking at you and a stopwatch on you it's very easy to see when your personal life is not adding up um, but in this construction setting I was able to get away from it um, and it got away from me to the point where I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired, man. I, I hated being me and I, I hated just trying to survive to get throughout the day. So came to that point that I, I other people have had before, but that coming to Jesus moment, um, I had to make a decision and it was the best and most tough decision that I've ever made. And uh, just cut everything out of my life, stopped drinking, stopped smoking pot, changed my playmates and playground. Um, my attitude eventually changed too. And just started taking it a minute at a time. Um, when did with the, when did that point come? When was that come to, to Jesus moment? What was that? That was 2021. Um, February 6th was that day for me. Um, at about 10.30 p.m. I just, I had worked my whole life to be able to, I wanted to take care of my family, um, to give them the, the time to take care of themselves as well. Um, that had always been my goal through racing and then eventually through construction. Um, and I felt like I kind of got to that point. And then when I got to that point, suddenly I looked around and uh, people didn't really want to be around me anymore. Um, and that, that was when I said, oh man, I gotta, I gotta make a change. It, it's all for nothing if I don't. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, that was the most humbling time period of my life, man. Mm. Slice of humble pie. <laughs> Big slice. So in, in your opinion, because you say you're 29, right? So that that puts you at what, 90, what is this, 20, 96? 94. February 94. 1st, 94. Okay, 94. So you grow up, man. I was supposed to graduate high. I was already on my way to prison at that time. And you're just coming out. And then, so let me ask you this, mm -hmm. growing up through the nineties, so you'd have been 10, 2005, you started probably coming out of the house off the porch, as they say, when you were what, 12, 13 years old, I would say. I was seven, probably um, lived in a neighborhood um, in Clinton, Massachusetts that uh, it was a tough neighborhood. Um, but with that, you kind of have a, a freedom. Um, if you will, where there's nothing really else to do other than to go and just play with the other kids in the neighborhood. Um, so it'd be 10 of us in the street ranging from age seven to 15. Um, and we just get into all sorts of craziness together. Um, but that's, that started earlier for us just due to the neighborhood that we were in initially. So in your opinion, what is the biggest issue What's the, the hardest thing that, that kids, teenagers, young teens have to deal with today in society? 
Oh man. See with like, social what, media. What, what, what are what are our kids going through out there? There's a lot. Um I think right now kind of lack of purpose. And what I mean by that is and I, I could be off on this, but social media it's easy it's a big part of childhood these days. Um I was on the later end of it, so I got to figure it out. Um, but I never really saw the impact on it. It was never really something that I, I really enjoyed a whole lot. I kind of stayed off of it. Um, but now kids with that, um, doing things for likes and validation, as opposed to doing things because they actually want to do them or they love to do them. Um, suicide rates, um, school shootings, just violence in general um, in the world these days, it seems like it's become increasingly more volatile and just more of it um, than I remember as a kid. Um, and I don't know if that's from people's just internal conversations with themselves, not being good ones. Um, when you're doing something not for pure intentions and you're kind of just doing it to fit in, um, that stuff catches up to you eventually. I'm, I'm not sure if that is really what's causing all of this but there just seems to be a, a disconnect between um kids parents um and kind of just the the social state of the world and how it is right now well you said a mouthful there man a big disconnect between children and the parents that is one of my biggest messages to to we the people to the american citizen is the disconnect that government has been trying to wedge between our children. And <clears throat> I haven't gotten into this yet, but are you aware that the UN just came out and made a statement that children under 18 have the right to give consent for sex? <laughs> the, UN, the UN just came out and announced that Children under 18 years old have the right to give consent to sex. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know when they came into that arena um, and they started making decisions in that, that house. Um, that's scary to hear for me. Um, I don't know if you have kids. I, I have a one-year-old daughter who is my absolute world. Um, and I hear stuff like that and just some of the things that are happening in schools these days and I want a homeschooler. I, I don't know how much better she would come out with me being the teacher, but um, it, it's scary, man. It's, it's scary stuff, and it seems like there's just a complete, even our input um, and what society wants um, and tries to do, whatever the government really wants to whatever agenda they want to push these days, it's just becoming more and more apparent that they're able to do that, and unfortunately, the majority of society falls along, it's seeming like. Well, we've become a compliant nation. And this is this is what I'm trying, again, to get people to understand, because me being a returning citizen up here talking about prison, talking about uh, individuals that are in prison, coming home from prison and such, I get a lot of backlash. Right. But the stig it's all stigma and it's all miseducation, this backlash that I get. And it's just trying to get these people to understand that when they sit here and they tell me Oh, well, I've never been in trouble. I've never had no infractions with the law. I've never had this. Okay, cool. There are Americans out there that have had that experience. But my point is that you are a compliant person. And there's nothing wrong with being a compliant person. 
we need compliant people, but not everybody is compliant. People have alpha mentalities. You're not just going to get up against the wall when a cop tells you to because you know that you don't have to, so you're going to resist. Compliant people don't resist. They just get up against the wall and, and do as they're told to do. This is why they've never had infractions. And, and this is why we're in the state that we're in where government is, t is telling our children that it's okay, that they can do what they want, irregardless of what the parent says. And, and then we have like, like what you so articulately elaborated on is, is, is our children disrespecting the parent, separating themselves from the parent. Why, why dad? Why, why mom? I don't have to listen to you. The government says I have consent. If I want to, uh, you better get ready because I'm bringing a 40 year old man home next week. And, and what, can, what is, what is dad supposed to do? I mean, what am I supposed to do if my 16 year old daughter walks in with a 40 year old man? You know what I mean? I mean, come on, man. I know what I would do. I'm not going to say it on the air here, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't handle that. Well, um, yeah, that the division is is scary for me, man. Um, something's got to change with that sooner rather than later. So you being a young father, and like I'm telling other parents as well, stop to first and foremost turn off your TV. And this is still your child. You this is still your home, and you have to instill in your child that when you walk outside of these borders, everybody you come in contact with has an agenda. You have to figure out what this person's agenda is. You have to know what this person's agenda is because nine out of 10 people out there's agenda is marketing and manipulation. From the moment we get up to the moment we get, go to sleep, our children are being marketed to by these large sports, sporting industries and Hollywood and rappers and all of this stuff. They're marketing to our children constantly. And then we're being marketed to for the money that we earn while we work. Yep. And this is what's going on in America, you know, and and this is what leads you to do what you're doing. So the, there's a there's an article out called The American Discovery Trail in 100 Days. Starting on April 21st, 2023, which we'll get into why this may be a little delay, is it? To, we're we're going to have to delay it three days. So we start on Monday this coming up. So the 24th. Monday the 24th. Okay. So while I'm in my, my Zoom meetings, you're going to be walking across America. Got it. All right. <laughs> so April 24th, 2023, Andrew Daggett will be starting his run across the United States on the American Discovery Trail. He will be attempting to finish this feat in 100 days, averaging 50 miles a day. This will be an, FK, an FKT, fastest known time, and Guinness World Record attempt. The F8 Foundation is taking on this adventure alongside Andrew as we work towards raising $250,000 for their foundation, which works with former inmates to assist in overcoming roadblocks in their reentry society. Do you know what $250,000 could do? For Cynthia and the F8 Foundation and, and, and her programs and what she does out there. Hopefully help some people, man. It's the world and the system that we live in. Um, it sounds like you, you've dealt with it firsthand, but there's just some uh, discrimination and roadblocks that people deal with 
coming out of incarceration, um, even rehabilitation from drug and alcohol abuse, um, and even individuals just coming from, from lower income um, settings is that you guys get kind of put in this cycle um, where you're unable to get out of it, if that makes sense, probation, parole, that entire process as well. Um, I, I have family members that dealt with that. The, the running comment that you made as well, um, my brother had that same scenario and he was the one that actually kind of gave me that idea um, from that same that same scenario that you were talking about. So I hope that she's able to help people that are, are unable to get help right now, man. If that's one person, if it's two people, whatever it is, it's, it's more than what's, what's happening now. So that well, would be... I can tell you this. One thing, one first and foremost, Cynthia Cynthia Goldberg is a dear friend of mine, and who I am, being Thomas Freeme, is an individual who is here for we the people, right? I, I am I am here to make sure that as much as I can that prisoners are not being exploited, that their families are not being manipulated or taken advantage of. Because there's a lot of uh, there is a lot of fraud in the criminal justice arena, and these families are being wiped clean. Their bank accounts are being wiped clean because they're just desperate to get their loved one home in any kind of way or fashion. And um, so anybody that's tied to me or my organization is is one hundred percent legit. And Cynthia is is really the whole purpose as to why I am who I am today and why I'm here. You know, she was with me through a very toxic situation, helped guide me through that um, and, and helped me build what I have. So Cynthia is, is a wonderful human being who has had experiences in herself and $250,000. Let me tell you, we'll, we'll get programs. We'll create housing. We'll uh, have, uh, addiction centers, $250,000 will go a long way and help a great amount of people. And then, and then whatever door that opens down the road, because once those things are established, that just opens doors way down the road. So, I mean, what you're doing, Andy, is, is potentially a catalyst to saving a lot of lives, partner. Get me fired up, man. Well, and I want you, and, and I'm telling you that because this is, this, these are facts, man. This is why when Cynthia told me that, I'm like, man, I got to have dude on the show. Like, that's huge. How is this not on the news? Again, because you're running for criminal justice. Now, if he was running for, I'm not even going to put the people out there, but I think America knows who I'm talking about. But if you were running for them, you know what I mean? Then people would yeah. be out there with banners and all kinds of stuff. Is anybody going to greet you out there, out there uh, Monday morning? Um, there might be a couple people, but I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not aware of it yet. Um, my partner has been helping me out with social media stuff. So I think there'll be a couple people, but it wouldn't be the, the normal welcome committee that there would be for a situation like you're talking about. Uh, this, you're running across America in a hundred days. How is this not national news? Uh, America. So most people that run across America, it's normally like around 2,900 miles, um, like a straight shot through the road the way that normal people do it. And there's between four or 500 people that have done that. Um, this trail specifically um, being really the only trail in the U.S. that goes across the U.S., I think there's been two people that have completed it in multi-year and multi-stage efforts. Um, but 
doing it for me and I'm doing it for a reason that I believe in um, and that I know that I can rely on when I'm going to need something to keep my butt going. Oh, man, you're going to do it. You know that? I, I, I feel that you're going to do it. And then I'm going to help you through it, too, because like I say, we're going to connect through your journey, man. And, and, and I'm a life coach and a mentor. So if you need a pep talk, trust me, everybody that knows me is shaking their head right now. Yeah, he'll give you one. Trust us. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. Absolutely, man. That's I mean, I mean, I'm I'm amazed by that. And again, here goes to solidify the fact that we don't get no publicity over this. Right. We don't get no publicity over this. But um, Andy, man, that's wonderful, man. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. Um, Cynthia, Cynthia got a hold of me. We, we spoke a little bit before the show and she had told me she got, you know, a little bit of backlash. And that's to be expected. You yeah. know, it's, it's just to be expected. And for me, man, I, I have an episode out called Embrace Your Haters. You got to have you some haters because if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. Yes, sir. You Nailed understand? It. So yeah. when people hating on me, man, I'm... You're doing something. That's it. That's it. Please. Now, I don't want too many of y'all because I can only handle a handful <laughs> of you guys, but I got to keep me a couple haters because that's, that's what inspires me, man, is people telling me that I can't do it. And that's what's gotten me here. So, Andy, I'm gonna let you go with that, man. And and um, man, I appreciate you coming on the show and blessing my show with such a beautiful and remarkable story. Um, we're gonna keep up with your journey. I'll, I'll make sure to post everything on my timeline, and uh, let the people know where they can find you and 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 track your progress. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Um, you guys can find us on Instagram and Facebook. It's Andy underscore Daggett, D-A-G-G-E-T-T. -T. Um, and then YouTube as well. We're going to make an account. I'll send that to, to him um, shortly. But look forward to connecting with you again, man. And thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely, man. So many blessings to you, man. Get you some rest. You're going to need it. And put your feet on some ice and stuff, man. There. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you all for joining, man. And we're out. We'll see you next week.